today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 28. As we read three little verses of cosmic consequence. Matthew, the apostle, writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit the words of our Lord. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the living God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for exalting the Son. We thank you for confirming your approval of his life, ministry, and work. And we pray that even now we would find ourselves faithful to him. His name we pray. Amen. The world in which we find ourselves is full of trouble. It's been this way uh, in our own age in our own day it's it seems like there are those who are bound and determined that we should be at war in Europe meanwhile there's saber rattling in the pacific and on our home front the economy can't quite figure out what's going on 3 years post pandemic has left people anxious Afraid, worn out. It's not utterly unique. Trouble pervades the human experience. But for two millennia, Christians have reminded themselves whenever things seem to be spinning out of control, Jesus is still on his throne. What do we mean by that? When we gather together on this day and every Sunday after this day, we are commemorating and celebrating a plan of God from eternity past. The plan of God to exalt the Son. Did you know, brothers and sisters, that the exaltation of the Son commenced with his crucifixion. That the Son was lifted up even as the bronze serpent was lifted up. And in his death, as he died on the cross, his act of triumph, his act of conquest, he was exalted as he proved his perfect 
complete obedience to the will of the Father. And then came the resurrection three days later as he was exalted even higher in which the Father gave his seal of approval guaranteeing us that all that Jesus had said and done was true. And that day changed history as it brought about the end of one age and ushered in a new age that will will culminate with our Lord dwelling with us in the flesh again. But God was not done exalting the Son. He ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand of God, enthroned. And his next exaltation will come when he returns, and every eye beholds him. But for now, we say Jesus is still on his throne whenever the going gets tough. How how exalted exactly should we understand Jesus to be And what does that mean for us? The first two words of Matthew 28, 18 tell us the extent of his dominion. All authority. All authority where? In heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why has all authority in heaven and on earth been given to me? To him. Why? If you look at Revelation 5, which, which contains the passage of Scripture from which Is He Worthy was based upon, John is, is there in heaven, and there's the 24 elders, and there's the four living creatures around the throne, and, and everyone is weeping because there's no one found who is worthy to take the scroll and to open it. And the scroll is is God's plan for mankind. God's plan for the cosmos. There's no one worthy to take it, to open it. That is, to carry it out, to execute it, to bring it about. No one worthy. And John starts weeping. And what's he told? Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And, of course, John turns and famously, what does he see when he, when he is told to look at the lion of the tribe of Judah? What does he see when he turns? He sees a lamb. Standing as though it had been slain. And so we see that the lion who conquered is the lamb who died. And then that same group, the 24 elders and the four living creatures, after after the lamb approaches the throne and he takes the scroll, all of them join in chorus declaring, Worthy! Are you to take the scroll and to open its seals? For, 
or because, here's, here's where we get the why of why all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, for you were slain, and by your blood you have ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. So Jesus gets authority because of what he did. He died and ransomed people and made them a kingdom. This brings us to Philippians 2.8 in which the Apostle Paul tells us that we should have the same mind in us which was in Christ himself that being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross and then in verse 9 therefore God has highly exalted him so back to Matthew 28 Jesus gets all authority because he was obedient. And in his obedience, he has saved his people. And he has reconciled and gathered his people and made a kingdom of them. But that still doesn't tell us the extent of his authority and what it means for us. So what exactly do we mean when, he, when, when Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth is given him? What, what does that mean? Well... In Philippians 2, 9, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And from Ephesians 1, we learn that God seated him at the right hand, at his right hand, in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. To what end? 1 Corinthians 15 says he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. So comprehensively are we to understand all things having been made subject to him with him being declared authority over all things, that we should understand that even death and hell itself are under his lordship and dominion. That's what it means in Revelation 1, 17 and 18, when, when John has his vision of the resurrected and glorified Christ and, and he's terrified and he falls as though dead and in the last interpersonal encounter that we have recorded in, in Scripture, the resurrected, glorified Christ comes and places his hand on him and says, 
fear not. I am the first and I am the last and the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore and I hold the keys to death and Hades. That doesn't just mean he conquered it. He's absolutely, positively Lord of it. When it says he has the keys, it means he's the one who, who shuts the door and locks it so no one can open it. It is he who unlocks and opens the door that no one can shut. He's absolutely, positively Lord of everything. So what does that mean for us? One, and when, when the circumstances of your life are crazy, and you hear the bad reports, you get the bad news, you get the unsettling diagnosis. When you look at your financials and they're not where they need to be, remember, point one, your Savior is running the show. Not the devil. Not even God generically. The embodied Christ is running the show. He is absolute Lord of all history. And he is calling the shots. He is moving the pieces. He is directing everything. So we can be at peace. Because we know that he is both good and wise. Second, your Savior is running the show as a sympathetic high priest. Have you ever stopped and reflected how is it different what Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth are given to me. What's the practical difference between that and, and the general statements you hear in the, in the Old Testament where God rules the kingdoms of men and he gives it to whomever he will. Well, what's the difference between just saying God rules everything and everything happens according to his will and saying specifically that all authority has been given to Jesus? It's saying that now God has handed the reins over to his son. And Jesus, as a sympathetic high priest, is governing all things for the purpose of his mission. And what is that mission? The saving of his people. We saw it before he even was born. We heard his mission eons ago when in the garden the serpent is assaulted with the news that the seed of the woman would one day crush his head. Fast forward, we're told that in Abraham all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Before Jesus was born, he was told that his name would be Jesus. 
because he would save his people. Jesus was on a mission to save his people. And that mission gets continued then in his post-ascension days. We are told to, in view of his authority, to go make disciples. And so we, we continue his mission of taking his message, taking his gospel, taking his peace to the world. It means having Jesus reign and govern all things as a sympathetic high priest, that his mission to perfect, sanctify, and present to himself a bride without blemished is the end state for which he's reigning. Thus, we can truly say that every detail of the cosmos is ordered in such a way that everything is for the purpose of your salvation. Everything. The sanctification of Christ's people is why he governs everything. So, look at the circumstances and details of your life. Is it, are you tempted to feel like it's random and and just chaotic, a mess, that you've made a mess of things and there's no going back, there's no way forward, you're just kind of stuck. You have a sovereign king who's a sympathetic high priest and he's governing all history and he will see his people perfected. Third, we see with his authority that our Savior vests us with the responsibility to be his emissaries to our age. Practically speaking, in the cross, we find the great motivation for, Christmas, for Christian service. That the Holy One of God died for sinners. That we were we, we, we were unable to help ourselves. We were lost. And Jesus came and shed his perfect sinless blood that we might live. We find the great motivation because of grace. In the resurrection and with its glorious statement of Jesus' authority now, we find our authority to go and serve. And then, of course, with Pentecost, a few weeks later, we received the power. So we've received the motivation, the authority, and the power to be Christ's witnesses in our world. What that means is there's never a time where it is not the time to tell others about Jesus. There's never the time where a human voice has the authority to supersede that of Jesus. There is never a time where there's a person who is not a subject of the sovereign rule of God in need of hearing the news of repentance. 
of forgiveness, of mercy. And so we have his authority to bring the news of his lordship into any and every situation and context. So brothers and sisters, the implications of Christ's resurrection are cosmic. Everything is being run by him. No one dies apart from his will. No one goes to hell apart from his will. No one lives apart from his will. He is Lord of Lords. But he's your sympathetic high priest. And he's governing and ruling all things so that every detail must be subservient to you and your salvation. And third, he doesn't just save us that we might be lavished like, and get spoiled like we're just going to be pampered. He gives us all these riches and all these graces that we might serve as his hands and his feet. He gives us his message. He gives us his authority. He gives us his power. Brothers and sisters, he is risen. Let us therefore go. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for Christ. We thank you for the plan of redemption. We thank you, Jesus, for reigning even now. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your spirit by whom we are empowered to serve. Keep us steady in the storm. Keep our eyes fixed on the prize. And grant, O oh God, that we would be faithful even as you were faithful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.